Good morning. Jesus Week starts off well enough. His popularity meter is in the green. He gets a little parade. But we know things are not going to end well for him. His week is going to be going downhill. He will not be so popular. He will be judged unfairly, abandoned, killed. But do we know that this is how Jesus wanted it? You know, as we uh, approach uh, Holy Week, uh, Easter. Have you ever had anything in your life go downhill? Last year, uh, my, my oldest daughter was in the best classroom experience of her life. She's had um, a, a difficult educationally, and she's just in the perfect classroom. I was so glad we'd had, you know, a great first semester, a great couple of months of, of the winter semester, and then everything went online. But you know, what's a month or two of disrupted education? I'm sure it'll be fine. One year ago, when church went online and everything, we said, you know, what is this going to do for churches in this country? How are we going to connect? What are we going to do? How is this going to play out? Friends, a year later, we have grown. We People, Jesus is still good news, right? We sit on like the best news in town. Um you know, in terms of how our church is doing, um, involvement in Bible studies, small groups, those, you know, smaller communities to learn um, specific things, to grow together. Involvement in our small groups is up 100%. We've doubled um, people connecting to, to go over books like Revelations, to, to do courses on uh, prayer, to, to learn about who Jesus is, what the Bible is all about. Things went downhill. But God had good plans. He was in the driver's seat. I think about four years ago, sitting in the living room of John and Kate Reichard. Uh, they're actually founding pastors of this church and um, crying to them. They were vineyard pastors and they were uh, leading us at that point in time, crying to them because we're moving to Massachusetts across state lines and we're going to have to start our adoption process, our foster to adopt process through the state all over again. When you move state lines, you, you got to start this all over again. We've been through this whole home study process and had people in and out of our home evaluating us. Finally, we gotten the, the stamp of approval for the state of Rhode Island, and now it was all over. And four years later, I'm so very grateful for our Massachusetts kids and for being here. And I forgot how God led that whole process for us. You know, Jesus is in the driver's seat. Love is in control. Jesus knows what he's doing. And even as Jesus' week goes downhill, he's steering straight for a better destination. Jesus' life is about to get really bad. But would our hearts know this morning that Jesus wants that? He wants to go through, through death. He wants to go through hardship so that he can spiritually for us lead us to a better destination. So let's pray together, and then we'll dig into what Palm Sunday means for us personally. Let's pray together, friends. Jesus, as we uh, remember your triumphal entry uh, into Jerusalem so many years ago, would you make a triumphal entry into our hearts? Would we, as, as we remember crowds cheering you on, would we cheer you on in our hearts? Would we say yes to you? Would we focus on you, Jesus? Would we really learn this morning deep in our souls and in our hearts what it means to follow you and what it means to have you walk us through the valley of death and into new life in the way that only you can?
I say you would touch our hearts. Change me. Change us this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, friends, I want us to look at Zechariah uh, chapter 9, verse 9, because 500 years before Jesus ever lived, the prophet Zechariah predicted these exact words, uh, this exact event. And he said, Rejoice, O people of Zion, shout in triumph, O people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, yet he is humble, riding on a donkey, riding a donkey's colt. Behold, your king comes to you. Got it uh, right up there. Uh, and this is really what we're going to focus on this morning. It's going to be short, but it's going to be deep. Behold, your king comes to you gently and on a donkey. Tim Keller, he's really good at getting a lot out of one sense. So I'm just going to kind of copy him this morning. He says that Palm Sunday summarized as, Behold, your king comes to you gently on a donkey. Uh, that it is confrontational. There's a conflict uh, brewing here. It is paradoxical. It's, it is an, Jesus is in an upside-down kingdom, and it is ultimately transformational. So Palm Sunday is confrontational. Your king comes to you. What's one thing about a king? Well, there's only one of them. There's one king per kingdom. There's one boss per office, thank goodness. So there's a conflict here. Jesus enters Jerusalem as king. Crowds chanting his name, parade, people saying that Jesus would save them. These are all marks of a king, and there can only be one king. But this king is also, he's, he's different. Um, historians tell us that a triumphal entry, there we go, um, was an honor granted to a Roman general who had won a decisive, complete victory, killed at least 5,000 enemy soldiers. And here's what a real triumphal entry looked like. First, um, the they paraded through all the wealth that he had captured, all, all the, the treasures. Then uh, the conquered enemies were, were paraded through. Then marched unit after unit of the soldiers. Then came the general, uh, on a golden chariot led by magnificent horses. Uh, the parade would end in the arena where they would, you know, sacrifice some prisoners for the entertainment of the crowd. That, that was a triumphal entry. Not a carpenter riding a donkey. A donkey, you ride that into battle, you're roadkill. Jesus's mom rode a donkey when she was pregnant on a long trip. And even back then, doing what your mom did was not cool. Jesus comes gently. He comes gently on a donkey, but don't mistake it because it, it's humble. The kingdom of God doesn't need weapons, publicity, the, the, the buzz, the, the blitz of the kingdom of the world. Sure, it's modest. Sure, it's humble. We're, we're just a medium-sized church here outside of the city. There are others who are doing more, you know, and you think you should have seen this rally. Did you see this video? Oh, it was amazing. This program, they did so much. This, this is not so big. But don't mistake it because it's humble. Your king comes gently. And when Jesus comes, things are transformed. Because Jesus comes, gentle and humble, notwithstanding. When Jesus comes, he changes everything. When Jesus enters Jerusalem, things are not the same. When Jesus enters our lives, things are never the same. And what Jesus says on Palm Sunday is ultimately this, crown me or kill me. 
There's no in-between. Either he is king or he's not. Either he transforms you or he leaves you. There's no in-between. When Jesus comes into Jerusalem, and what is really the biggest spectacle of his ministry so far, he doesn't leave the religious leaders of his day any middle ground. They can't ignore him. They, they can't treat him as just, you know, some little traveling rabbi teacher. He forces their hand, crown me or kill me. Jesus knows what the authorities will do. He is fully prepared for that. He orchestrates these events knowing where it will lead. Jesus is willing to die, if not crowned. He's willing to die to wear the crown in your life. The people welcoming Jesus, they, they shouted Hosanna. They started laying down palm branches before Jesus, you know, um, so that his ride would not have to walk over dirt and mud. It's kind of like laying down the red carpet out of your own means, out of your, your own possessions. And, um, they didn't just stop at palm branches. They had went out and, and cut down for him. They started laying down their, their own clothes, their own cloak. Now, back in those days, you had one outfit. It's not like today I can buy a t-shirt for five bucks proportionally. It's nothing. Even in, you know, more developing countries today, people usually have two outfits, you know, not even, you know, poor people or anything. One to wash, one to wear. That's all you you need. When I lived overseas, well, I'm an American, so I had th three outfits, but you know, that's that's all you need. Um, fabric back then was, uh, was expensive, was difficult to, to make. Um, you had one cloak, you took good care of it. It was valuable and important to you. If you got it dirty, you had to, to wash it by hand without stain removers or, or foaming laundry detergents. But the people who greeted Jesus, at least for them, they, they gladly put down their valuables. They gladly took off the one cloak they had and they put it just on the mud for Jesus to walk on. It's maybe my one chance. It's all I've got. I don't know what's next. But Jesus, you're king. You're who can save me. They knew who Jesus was. So they gladly laid down what was valuable and important for them before Jesus. Not because they were told to, but because they were loved. Jesus didn't say, when I enter Jerusalem, make sure you line up and worship me. But no one ever loved them like Jesus did. No one ever cared for them, for all of them. Women, uh, the poor, the, the lame, the blind, like Jesus did. This Palm Sunday, will I lay down what is valuable to me before Jesus? Not just because I'm told. I mean, and it, it's in the face of who God is, it is the right thing to do. But because I am deeply loved by Jesus? Will I lay down my preferences, my pride, my, my all just my wants, my swirling me, the, my sarahness? Not because I'm told to, not just because that, but because I am loved by Jesus. Will we lay down what's valuable and important to you for the better way of following Jesus. Friends, God came to us in the person of Jesus, totally God, so he can do what only God can do, totally human, so he can redeem all of our humanness. He taught, healed, loved, and ultimately died, he, taking on 
injustice, pain, suffering, evil, and death on the cross. God went toe-to-toe with the worst that the world has to offer, and he won. Through what Jesus has done for us, through the work of Jesus on the cross and in his resurrection, we have forgiveness. We are brought close to God. We have restoration and new life. Sin has no power over us and death is defeated. Why would we not worship this God? Why would we not choose this kind of a king? You know, these last uh, couple of weeks we've been in this series, Pray, P-R-A-Y, Pause, Rejoice, Ask, and Yield. And as we come to the last step uh, of prayer, yielding, um, yielding is at the heart of our relationship with God. One of the great saints of old said that surrender is the heart of prayer. Saying yes to Jesus, saying yes to the love of God, saying yes to the recreation of God, saying yes to the spirit of God to lead us in grace and truth and love, faith and hope, all of the good things of God. This is the heart of spirituality, is saying yes to Jesus. Yes to Jesus in the beginning. Yes to Jesus every moment of our day. You know, I started following Jesus for real in college. I made a decision and a commitment to, to choose. There we go. Let's put that aside. To choose to follow Jesus for real. And uh, it, it was scary at first. Um, I was, you know, a, a freshman in college and I thought like, gosh, does this mean like, you know, what does this mean for my life? Am I going to become like a missionary? Um, I was really scared that I would only be able to date Christian boys. And that um, was not my favorite thing because I didn't know any. But following Jesus has been the best thing. These last 20 years, I have changed. I've done things that I would never have done otherwise. And it has been so good. I can say with utmost confidence If I had spent the last 20 years choosing myself, my preferences, my success, my way, my life would be so much worse. But it's a yes to Jesus that continues here and now. You know, I'm in a little bit of a a tough little situation. I won't bore you with the details. I'm sure you have uh, those situations in your own life. A little bit of a tough situation. I want to hold on to it. I want to say, I'm right, they're wrong. I want to hold on to it. I know that Jesus is calling me to let it go. And my yes, my yes continues here and now to say, I'm letting it go to you, Jesus. What you say settles it. When you say let go, I let go and I follow you and that settles it. That's the end of it. I want to say yes to Jesus in every way. In the big things to start off my relationship, my walk with Jesus, I say yes. Yes to you, Jesus. You have control. I will follow you into forgiveness and new life. And yes to you, Jesus. The little decisions, relationships, situations in my heart attitude here and now today. Friends, what's your yes to the love of God? Maybe you want to comment in the, uh, the chat section. How are you saying yes to Jesus? Maybe, um, maybe you say, yes, I will choose love over conflict. 
Maybe you say, yes, Jesus, I will make you more important, more important than this job, this relationship, this problem, more important than my own popularity or reputation. Maybe you're saying, yes, Jesus, I will commit to following you. Or maybe you're saying, yes, Jesus, I will trust you in the hard times. Even as it gets really hard, I will say yes to you. Our yes to Jesus is transformative. We say yes to him, not because just because we're told, but because we are loved. As we summarize Palm Sunday, Jesus comes. Jesus comes as he always comes to his creation, his children, his beloved. Jesus comes. And he comes to us in love with a smile in his eyes, arms wide open, arms wide open into the cross. He comes to us in love, personally and specifically, to me and to you. Friends, let's pray together um, and then comment in the chat, what's your yes to Jesus this morning? Know in your heart, what's your yes to Jesus this morning? Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you that you said yes to the hard task of loving your human children. That your love for us knows no bounds. When we said no to you, when we turn our back on you, when we uh, ignore you, Jesus, you pursue us and you pursued us to the cross and back again. Thank you for your love. We just take a time as we are all praying together to let our hearts soften before you. To let go of our pride. Just take a minute and just just let go of your preferences, the, the ways in which you, you're right. Just let yourself soften before Jesus and be his child, just simply. Jesus, we say yes to you. We choose to, to put you first. We choose to lay down the things that are valuable in our life before you. Thank you for your love and thank you that following you, letting you change and transform our hearts from inside out with your grace and love is better than anything else that I could choose this morning. We thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.